welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, other times giving ourselves the opportunity <laughs> to, watch the, <laughs> to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. Wow. I'm <laughs> wow. From heart. What, what happened there? You, you didn't Joe, was, Joe, oh, Joe, Joe was looking me in the eyes the whole time. Oh, I didn't know you knew it by heart. Never, never lock eyes with Joe. I, I have to read it. I have I, to read it. I shouldn't have done it. But midway I through. I do too, and I wrote the damn How thing. did you do that? I, oh, I edit this thing, man. I listen to it a lot. Oh, okay. He's done it without a script before. I listen uh, to it a lot. I wasn't there, I guess. Um, okay. Wow. I, congratulations. I'm, I'm your co-host, Carlos Cooper, with me as always. Life goal. Uh, Joe Hilliard. And Dave Gurney. And uh, today we are going to talk about some beer and mm-hmm. some movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and going back to our regular format. Yeah, here, right? yes. The last After... episode was more interview oriented, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're back to uh, back to standard formats. Yeah. And how about thirty second rabbit hole? You got to record the last episode uh-huh. in Seattle, uh, outside Seattle, but yes, Washington. I, State. I, I knew you were in that area. I imagine the beer bounty overfloweth. It it did. It, it was a wonderful trip, um, and it, that that was definitely a highlight going to Garden Path. And for uh, our our beer nerd listeners, I think hopefully they really got a lot out of out of that episode. I did. Hearing Amber talk about beer is always really interesting. So um, for our movie fans, I apologize uh, <laughs> um, because I, we didn't get into the uh, into the film stuff as much. But um, but either way, we're back to the old format, the the tried and true, and and some films that. You know, uh, people have been excited about over the past few years. Right, right now, the current one of the moment, us, and then as Carlos said, uh, kind of Jordan Peele's work before, particularly Get Out, his kind of breakout film as a writer director. But before we get into that, we're going to get a beer open and into our glasses. This is, that we're going to start the episode with is from Anchorage Brewing Company, uh, which Ooh. is based out of Alaska, as you would assume, maybe based on Anchorage. And it is an American Imperial IPA alcohol uh, content here. The ABV is 8.4%. And it is called, and this is why I picked it for our discussion of us, it is called Within Us. And I love the, the can label art on this one. I, I, it is black. There is a skull, inside, a human skull inside of a, what appears to be a crow's head. Yeah. Yeah. Very spooky. Yes. Very apropos. Good job. Right. right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and thank you, Anchorage. Uh, it, and the way they describe it is a super juicy double IPA made with Galaxy and Simcoe Zero hops. So it's definitely juicy on the nose. I was going to say, it smells, it smells as advertised. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One of those hops is very floral. So as we start sipping on this, um, let, let's just kind of get into us. Mm. I think a lot of our listeners are already going to have a sense of this film. It's one that's been heavily advertised and sort of much hyped uh, as it was getting ready to come out. Had a huge opening weekend. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just saw it on the opening weekend, all three of us. Um, and, uh, and even beat, I think, what the expectations were for it at the box office. But it is another entry into the horror genre. Uh, by Jordan Peele, and the basic premise here is you have a family who's gone on vacation, and while they're staying at their vacation home, mysteriously, a 
family that mirrors them, just mm-hmm. kind of shows up at their house and starts terrorizing them, and it goes from there. The horror kind of ratchets up. and, and uh, You learn who these people are, where they came from. Yes, right. The, the, a lot gets revealed after that, um, and other you realize that other doubles are out there, mm-hmm. and, and madness ensues. So that, that's kind of it in a nutshell, and if you've seen the trailer, you know that. But uh, we're here to talk about our impressions of it. What did we think of this new... Uh, outing from celebrated director uh, Jordan Peele. Can I uh, divert and, and ask a different question first? Sure. There are so few, or fewer than there used to be, younger our tour directors that get you in the seat because this director made the film these days. And Jordan Peele is certainly crafting himself into one of those guys. I'll be very interested to see what his next film is. Yeah. I'll probably go to the theater for it. Right. Uh, So we all seem Get Out. We've all lived the Get Out hype, uh, deserved or not. We'll talk about that in the second half. Um, How excited were you to see this film? Like, Like, Were you really excited about going to the movies to see this movie? And the answer for me is yes. The answer for me is yes as well. I mean, I I guess I first became aware of Jordan Peele. I probably did see him on Mad TV a little bit, but I wasn't an Was addict. he on Mad TV? He was. I that's where, that. that's where he and uh, Keegan Michael Key met. Interesting. Um, I wasn't a big Mad TV guy. No. Right. I, Somehow Ari Spears is the guy I remember the most from Mad TV. Interesting. Uh, I don't know why that's the case. Yeah. I, Will Sasso is the guy yeah, who kind of yeah. stands out to me. But uh, anyhow, I, w- I would see. Ari Lang, Baba Booey. The occasional episode of that. Yeah. But it wasn't until um, there, the Keegan Michael Key Jordan Peele sketch show Key and Peele right. on Comedy Flat Central. <laughs> so many wonderful sketches in that, right? I mean, well, I'll, I'll get you back to the will, question: How excited were you to see? Well, I'm just I'm teeing it up because very well established <laughs> as a comedy sure. icon, mm-hmm. like a rising star in the comedy scene. Huge breakout sketch show right. that sort of was a flagship for Comedy Central for a few years. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, they, they decided to end the series, which I think was actually smart, right? They did like four seasons, three seasons. They did enough. Yeah. They didn't push it to the yeah. point where they were running out of material. Right. And it's like, what is this guy going to do next? Now, yeah. they did do a movie together, which actually I, I have to admit I've never seen. Keanu? Keanu. Yeah. It's good. Neither yeah, I've heard good things. It's funny. But it's a comedy, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I remember. Keanu Reeves voices the cat. Whose name is Keanu? It's that, amazing. That's perfect, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> so good. Perfect. It's so good. So then I remember hearing, okay, no, Jordan Peele is, you know, his new movie is coming out. It's called Get Out. He's not in it. it no. He's behind right. the scenes. He wrote, he directed. Right. So that really piqued my curiosity. Did it? Okay, well, yeah, okay. absolutely. Of again, a guy who I really think has something going. I'm curious about where his career is going to go already as a, as a performer and writer. And then he makes this pivot to, no, I'm going to stay behind the scenes. I'm going to instead kind of conceive of a project, see it through. And I was very impressed by Get Out. Uh Um, So, yeah, to think that, well, now that he's made this turn in his career and it seems like he's going to continue that with us, another horror film Mm -hmm. as writer, director, producer... Also, this new Twilight Zone reboot series that he's got going. Yeah. In a, I think it looks it's like he used his emerging to... power in Hollywood to executive produce a Spike Lee joint. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. he's contributing he's, to other. He's projects. creating a voice. He's yeah. creating like this is the kind of work that with, with that, that my success allows me to right. to, to propagate. Right. So yeah. so me very excited because 
of all that I know about him from the past. See, for me, I was excited too, and it was all about I, I, maybe there's an emerging horror voice because I believe there's a void for that in American cinema. Mm, God, it, for it, sure. It, where we the horror right now, what's popular? Right. I I I, am, I do not connect with it all. I mean, the, the only other like name is like James Wan, uh-huh. but not that's not a good name as far right. as I'm concerned. And then. I mean, we don't have like a Cronenberg anymore, no, you know. Right, and the PG thirteen stuff that yeah. gets put into the market, I'm not a fan yeah, of. So we know this how is going to be a PG thirteen horror, <laughs> a thinking person's horror film. Yeah, uh, by the guy that did a really, I thought, good film, Get Out. We'll talk about that later. I, sure, I, I was excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Carlos, it sounds like you were also. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was excited. I loved Get Out. I thought it was one of the best movies of uh, that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I. As as you were, I mean, I, I was I was a fan of the sketch show, and you know, uh, had seen a lot of it, and you know, it was, uh, it's very quotable and and memorable, and constantly referenced, you know, with your friends when you're hanging out or you know drinking or whatever. Um, the only other person I could remember that took such a drastic comedy to horror shift was Kevin Smith when he did Red State. Oh yeah, and I thought Red State was great like, see i never saw i that. saw i saw it on netflix and it was one of those things that it was like uh from kevin smith comes this like crazy uh you Horror, know yeah yeah like jim jones david koresh culty kind of you know i thought red, whatever i thought red state was good not and great i i liked it i mean but you're right that was a big pivot <laughs> in fact i, I let's, let's talk about kevin smith soon uh, you just yeah. got me thinking uh so i remember how much i enjoyed watching that happen yeah um and in an unexpected way, uh, and so when I heard that this guy who whose comedy I liked a lot, really storytelling, because there's you know there's story arcs to those sketches. Oh yeah, you know? and so uh, there's intelligence in those there. Sketches. There is, yeah. and so yeah. I thought it was you know I was excited about it. I went and saw it. I mean, one of the first things you get is Redbone. Uh, yeah. Rush Hour's gonna be, <laughs> and I was like shit, and like I was into that. Um, great movie. So I was excited to go see this one. Right. It will not have anywhere the cultural significance not even a, a modicum of the cultural significance that get out had this mo- movie will not um and it was also um uh not not good Ooh, ooh, ooh. but it but <laughs> i had a sense that this we was don't talk about okay we went to go see this movie <laughs> well, together on. yeah we did and it, it was really painful not being able to say anything and we about our rule is we can't talk about we it. can't now it wasn't bad either but you gave a clue it, it wasn't it wasn't bad either um i w- Jordan Peele is a horror auteur, I uh-huh. think. I think even though I, I didn't think this movie worked on uh-huh. a number of levels, uh-huh. um, and he will make many a better film in his career, right. I do think it did cement him as an auteur because visually, he really he really has a knack for the visual uh-huh. part of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Like He's really, really good at it. And that and the score were the two things that I thought this movie did exceptionally well. The score well. was amazing. The score was fantastic. Same guy that did Get Out, uh, Michael Abel, or right. Abel's, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, great score. A, a lot of, there was a lot of really interesting pieces in it that took a kind of like um, more traditional score, string kind of element, and then all of a sudden an 808 comes in, and you get these kind of like trap drums over it, and uh, yeah. I really liked some of those pieces. Um, spoiler alert, the uh, orchestral interpolation of I Got Five on it yeah. that comes at the end uh-huh, was yeah. a master class uh-huh. in scoring film. Jordan Peele is intelligent. Yeah, I mean, he is. He is, he is a brilliant filmmaker. Now, the sophomore slump is a real thing. When you come out so strong mm-hmm. with something like Get Out, I do sympathize with the guy. It is really, really hard mm-hmm. to like yeah. do that again. You spend your whole life writing your first movie, 
and then you got to turn another one out after if it's successful. Um, and I know he had been working on Get Out for years and years and years before it finally got made. Obviously, hadn't been working on this one for as long. Um, so my here my I've thought about this a lot. So very quickly, I will say there's little to no character development for me. I didn't. I I did I couldn't find any reason that the film itself gave me to care about this family specifically. Um, other than just like you care about humanity as a whole and don't think that people should be killed by random strangers. Right. Um, but outside of just basic humanity, I couldn't find a real reason to be attached to them, to them and their story. Um, or any character in the film, not just the main uh, family, but all of them. I thought that the rules were inconsistent of how the film worked and how the um, like mythology or supernatural element or whatever, how you want to describe whatever that is, that didn't work. Uh, and then I thought that it tried to tackle way too many social issues, that it overextended itself. And by trying to do too many different things, it didn't do any one of those things in well, a satisfactory way. Yeah. And so... All three of those things combined yeah. left me leaving the theater very disappointed. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, David, with mm -hmm. your reaction that you have a rebuttal, like a flat. Well, out. I don't know about a rebuttal. So, okay, first of all, I will agree with Carlos that this will not be as culturally significant a film as Get Out. Okay, and I think part of that is there's no way it could have been. I'll agree to that now. But, I mean, the sunken place has become a part of our cultural well, vernacular. Yeah. Okay, but but also like using untethered will not become. The same thing that no, the sunken no, place no, would no, become. No, Nobody's no. going to say that Kanye's untethered, but they said he he's in the sunken place now when he came out with the MAGA hat. You know? Right, right, uh, yeah, right. And and they're may, probably not going to say there's a family in our driveway either. That, yeah. you know. um, th I get it. Like th this this film won't have the same. And it, and again, it's not. I don't think it's using horror in as clear of an allegorical way as Get Out did. Now, I think in some sense. That could be pointed to as a weakness and get out. I don't think I don't I don't perceive it that way, but it's on the nose and it's racial commentary. Am I wrong? Get no. out? No, it is. Right. Oh, without a doubt. No, yeah. you're yeah. absolutely okay. correct. So and it's, it's and it's so well done. It's well done, but it's a very easy film to read. Let me put sure. It. Like I yeah. think the intended sort to to me what seems like a very intentional social, political, racial allegory is there for but everybody. A brave to have. film but to make. Yeah, no, I'm not critiquing it. I'm saying that I didn't realize you hated Get Out until this moment. <laughs> but we will talk more about Get Out and have, and I love it. But spoiler, but I don't think Us is trying to do that. I think with Us, he decided to actually just make more of a horror film. Yeah. Now you you, you have what, to flip what, it. You what have to Carlos flip is it. saying about like it trying to do too many things. I don't think it was actually trying to do any one of those things. This is I it, yeah. think it was trying to tell a story that is not so unlike other stories. Where I mean, the use of doubles, doppelgangers. I mean, we yeah. saw this, although I don't know, you guys got there a little later than I do. I did. Yeah. I saw the pre-show at Alamo, and they had, you know, like a history of doppelgangers mm -hmm. in film. And, you know, like this. So this is a trope that we've used yeah. in novel, in literature, in television, yep. in film. So I think he saw an opportunity to tell that kind of story. Mm -hmm. And I think there's lots of directions it kind of goes in. I don't know that I love everything it does. I actually mm -hmm. don't. I have a few things that I, I would contend with. But I don't feel like it was trying to hit me over the head with any particular... I think it was allowing me to read into it what I would want Okay, to. did Jordan that. Peele say, I'm going to go for social commentary and deliver it this way? Or did he say, 
people are expecting me to go into some social commentary because I did so on the nose, to use your valid term uh, in, in well, Get Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to create a film where social commentary can be read into it, but from different angles so that no one can accuse me of doing any one thing. He says out loud in interviews, this is not a race movie. Right. He said it's not a race movie, but he did say explicitly that he wants to make more of these kind of movies that... Uh, just have an all uh, African-American cast. Well, not no, not just that, but that specifically delve into other social issues that oh, right. are dealing with issues. Like, he's always said that his movies are very purpose-driven. But what right. makes so, him a filmmaker that you intend on going to see him on opening night is not knowing exactly what you're going to get well, and exactly. seeing how he layers it in. So, okay, so exactly. To your point, I agree with that. Mm. Now, to David's point about him making a, just a horror movie that wasn't as on the nose, I mean, this movie is billed at least in my reading of it as a film that does have some kind of something to say mm-hmm. you know now had he just made a straight up horror movie romp like let's fucking go right pedal to the metal uh-huh. it's going to be wild i i would have been like fuck yeah let's do it right. like i don't want to think i just want to watch these people run away from themselves uh-huh. and then in that reading of it you wouldn't have the shadows give some kind of monologue you wouldn't have a lot of wasted time in that kind of exposition. You would have them on the run. You would have them discovering that other untethered or shadow people existed sure. by... And they all have coordinating outfits. Yeah, by finding what are they other real people who are in the same position as them. And then at the end of it, you have some kind of standoff between the shadows and the humans that are still alive that have gathered together and they have a fucking Battle of the Bastards-esque brawl. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of, like, just horror movie romp that I would have liked out of this. But it does try to have some kind of social message. And because it doesn't work on the social message aspect of it, I don't think the film as a whole works. And we can't for one second say that when Lupita Nyong'o uh, says we're Americans that everyone in the theater didn't laugh. That was one of the most hysterical lines in a film I've ever seen. It was so fucking stupid. Well, but I, okay. I laughed out loud. I, okay. I actually did some of what you said. I agree with, I don't agree with that. I think that line is intentionally stupid in some ways, but the, the whole, uh, element of the, the, the explanation, I think, went further than it needed to. Oh, I think oh, they God, could have yeah. I think they could have left a lot more mysterious. I I actually probably the scene that I was least um least interested in or the one that I was getting kind of you know pushed away from the film by was the one where um, the shadow Lupita Nyong'o character starts talking and that voice that she's talking in, right. I couldn't take, like, yeah. she could have said three words and it would have been an okay, but it's like, <laughs> like hearing that really voice, thank actually. you, hearing that voice for like three or four minutes on screen telling this story, I'm like, I, I, I think I did look around and like, are other people thinking that this is kind of a bad voice that she's using? Yeah. Now, I, think I it, didn't mind the voice. It ends up paying off in the end yeah. because I think there's kind of an, a, a rationale reason, for it right. and there's a reason. So I, I but, guess in retrospect, I'm but okay. During the voice but when I didn't know the reason, moment, I didn't have a problem with the okay, voice. Okay, well, yeah. good. I mean... I saw you looking around. I thought you just looked for the waiter. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need another drink. Um, so, no. so I had that, you know, but I think... And her voice is getting a lot of press. Yeah, yeah a lot the of people The voice is it. getting a lot, a lot of, of, of... How did she make the voice? Yeah, I doing a lot, this? <laughs> a lot of a lot of people have been praising it, and I've seen some that like, you know, her voice in this film is the stuff of nightmares or whatever. And it's like well, that's it's just really, clickbait it's bullshit. Really not. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know, I, I don't know. I well, thought I thought the 
I, I so so I'll go, going back to an earlier point that you made that I want to address. When you talk about not caring about these characters, I couldn't disagree more about that. Okay, I really it was it was really probably the linchpin. There was less Lupita Nyong'o. I think she shines later in the film, um, in some of the physicality of her performance later on. But early in the film, to me, it's Winston Duke all the way. Oh, he's, I, he's great. I loved him as that father character, and and I found it so relatable because he is like the epitome of a dad. It's like a dad joke yeah, in the flesh. It is, and and, and again, I'm I'm a dad, and yeah. I have a little dad jokey element to my relationship with my children, mm-hmm. and so I could totally read myself. Sure. Into that family, he's a, he's an affable, likable guy that you like. I I like to think he is. Sure. Yeah, I know he 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 was likable. And just... the daughter, you know, I, I got into her. She was cool. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and the son, yeah, I, I, I well, he, yeah, he's tough to connect with just because he's right. as quirky as he is. And, For yeah. me, the horror movie fails um, or succeeds in the why this is happening. The universe that we've created; these are the rules that I've written, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it really fails. And anymore. I need to tell you the why this is happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! There's doppelgangers. We yeah. don't know where they came from. Right. Uh, they have who? One of them went to Sam's to get all matching scissors for everybody. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. Oh, they all got matching red jumpsuits. But they're the, they're the sharp toys they're given to play with. I thought they were all matching. They were all golden scissors. Yeah. Well, yeah. They were, yeah. They were. There are thousands and thousands right, and they thousands were of pairs of but golden she, scissors. She in her story talked about that uh. they were all given sharp toys to play with. Right. Cut uh-huh. them to learn how. To, anyway, so the why of this is I left and 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 I, I my son was my date and he was like, "What'd you think?" And I said, "I go, I I I've already I'm already tearing this movie apart. Yeah. In my head. Yeah. As I walk to the car, that this movie makes no sense. Huh? It does. It really does. The reveal of it all. The goal of it all. The 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 um and and then there's a second twist uh-huh there's a the, well no the Barely. twist would be that there is a uh, uh an under there are tunnels underground and there are no purpose for them but uh, in these tunnels are mad scientists conducting cloning experience with every american well, it, but that's never explained right they never no. say it was scientists that did this they never said specifically that it was like some sort of experiment gone awry they didn't explain the, the, if it was like some supernatural. The, you don't know this is happening right beneath your. Something caused right. it. Right. We don't know what. And it. And there's a pathway to the top because through the funhouse. Yeah, through the funhouse. Right. And then the fuck out of here. And then she goes back to that funhouse ever, never. She right. would never go back to that place right. ever again right. for fear of being caught. And I know that's her motivation for being nervous the whole time. Or yeah. she knows her son better not go near the funhouse because at any moment a right. doppelganger may pop, may pop out. It, 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 the whole movie fell apart. It was a house yeah. of cards and it completely fell apart. So yeah. when I go to the computer and see that it's got a very high tomato reading, you know, reader's choice, yeah, yeah, people yeah. like it. Yeah. I, it it's, it's people being tricked into... Sp- Hearing that this is good, so they believe that well, it's good. Well, okay. Now, don't tell me I'm, no, it being, wasn't bad. I'm being duped here. It wasn't okay? as bad as Hereditary. It wasn't I, as bad. It was not as bad as Hereditary. As the Which, Conjuring. It's my not life. as bad as... Conjuring is better than this movie. Now, for me, for me, horror is much more about mood and about uh, set pieces than it is about giving me a... Because pre- I don't believe any fucking horror premise I have ever seen. That there are these supernatural killers that exist well, that you can't... Not. Right. You don't but, actually but believe that it could happen to you, but the world makes sense. It has a logic. It has a reason. Yeah. It has rules. 
Yeah, but okay, this world had the rule of there were these other people no, that that's, existed that, underground. That's not a rule, that's a premise. The rules that we're talking about is like the kid can control his counterpart, but nobody else can. Right. right. That's a huge, huge flaw in the rules of this world that have been created. Okay. A massive flaw that. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know. And, and, and that the doppelgangers are birthed from the doppelgangers of their parents. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. she talks about that and yeah. how and how the 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 son is def- deformed or burned or something on yeah. his face because he didn't come out right. I mean, he didn't. It didn't. He, well, he, he wasn't in the oven right. Didn't he burn himself? Wasn't that- no? She says he was like uh-huh. born into flames or something like that. I don't know something weird. Right. Uh, that, I kind of took it that he because he was like obsessed with fire. I thought maybe like she. I was think he was scared of fire. He was setting fires, right? No, the doppelganger, not the actual kid. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't know. Exactly. And if there's a vague, but, if there's, if there's, if there's saying, a well written vagary. Is, there is almost no supernatural occurrence or just, um, or, or even scientific rationale used in a horror film that I've ever been like, Oh, that's ironclad. Ugh. Beautiful work, friends. Well, it's like, not, it's it just, not it even about it. It's like even a, like, even when I watch The Shining, a film that a lot of people are talking about, how much this film references and and all that oh, references. I think right <laughs> that you know I. There's no part of me that like when I'm watching Danny, red rum, you know, like there's a I can see that and be like, no, that's fucking stupid, okay. But in the context of this film, I'm gonna let it go. Oh, I disagree and I'm with you. Enjoy this. I disagree with you. Well, I, the why of the of the Shining movie works. The why of this film doesn't work. Like, okay, I disagree. But, but what you're explain saying is that me, since all okay, right well then now, Star Wars, why we, it makes a, any degree more sense? Shining that there is telepathy that exists between people that they can commune with the dead. No, 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 you, each no, other. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that we need to be able to apply supernatural logic to natural logic and then have the same conclusion. You have to. Star Wars doesn't work unless you believe in the supernatural. Unless you believe that there is a galaxy a long, far, you know, a long, or long you're willing to suspend disbelief. Well, the for- but the force has rules to it. It has like a governing sort of. logic yeah, that but you then can it, explain. But it changes over time. Yeah. Well, that's because George Lucas is a fucking idiot. <laughs> if you watch the original trilogy, it doesn't really. You know, change. all movie reviews come back to that sentence. Listen, yeah. I'm. I like some aspects of continuity. Don't get me wrong. Like there are certain things that I look for in terms of consistency and storytelling that especially becomes important in films that I feel like are taking themselves very seriously about a certain kind of premise or a certain kind of set of rules that they set up. This film. I don't feel like was doing that, so it never turned me off. Oh, the, the rules were all exposition. Was, I mean, yeah. the, these are our rules. Was you know, it, it could have been, it couldn't have been more telegraphed. I mean, we can go through like a list of horror movies and talk about <laughs> I, the logic. I, I, you're I mean, not convincing me. I mean, you're, I'm just enjoying <laughs> winding you up. <laughs> It is the most worked up David's ever gotten. Right. Movie, I think. He was well, fuck the shining. Fuck Stephen King. Literally, it should have been Stephen King. Weber from the very beginning. That that is not at all what I said. I was no. Saying, you said fuck the shining. No, I said fuck the idea that telepathy is something that like I can buy into and I can really believe and that, like to me it's all about suspension of disbelief when I'm watching a horror film. So if I'm suspending disbelief. Automatically, I am much less attached to this idea of the rules having to be consistent. You're, no, I think, you're, I, susen- you're suspending disbelief I, to, to, to accept telepathy. But once they say these are the rules of telepathy, mm-hmm. 
they have to stick to stick him. to the universe yeah, that you create. The suspension of well, disbelief then, okay, and but a only governing. Danny can do it, but no, wait. Now Jack no, 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 seems here, here, to be look, able to Stick do it. to Why the not? universe that you create. A child mm-hmm. version doppelganger can get to the funhouse mm-hmm. and abduct and be smart enough and cognitive enough to take another one down mm-hmm. and um, Sw- handcuff her to the bed and yeah. leave. Yeah, and that never happens again across America to the point to where we as citizens haven't been alerted to the media that doppelgangers exist because we found an, oh, another. No, ad- you're you're getting so. Like, no, I'm not. I, that's, that's no, I'm not. There, I'm, that, I'm 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 fifty fifty on that one. I think I think the biggest thing is that you're suspending disbelief to say X, Y, and Z has happened. Here's the logic of how that works within the film, and then you have to stake. You have to stick to that. It's not about believing that these things can actually happen or that whatever right it's about if this is how the world that we're you put us in works it needs to continue to work in the same way yeah. consistently it needs to be consistent otherwise you lose the the suspension of disbelief any breaking of those rules pulls you out of the world and it's like oh wait so no this is all just nonsense but another huge gripe that I had with this movie is we all saw that fucking twist coming 10,000 fucking miles away. I didn't. Dude. I didn't. Get the fuck out of here, Joe. (laughs) Any movie with doppelgangers We're in your home. Are you asking me to leave? Because I don't want to, but (laughs) I swear to God. David, did you see it coming? I, so... There's always going to be a switch in a doppelganger movie. Always. I I had a sense that that was happening. I had a sense... And and especially once once we started seeing the killings happen, the, the... above ground people killing and sort of turning all animalistic and stuff. I'm like, okay, we're going to be making a point about how these animalistic creatures underground are just as capable of being humanized mm-hmm. and, and becoming more, you know, uh, cultured and, and able to interact. So that was where I kind of started thinking. And, and I like that. That was part of it. Now, again, I don't think it's like a real, um, I don't think it's a real direct kind of commentary, but I did like that aspect of it, getting to see these above-ground people sort of turn all animalistic and, and sort of giving into their id, essentially, to become mm-hmm. these killers, which seemed to be what the ones from underground, the, I think, the tethered, I th- were. I think Get Out's a movie you'll be teaching in schools. And eh, I don't know. If and this Us is a school, is a movie that, that, that was Jordan Peele's second Again, film. Again, I'm not... I'm not trying to defend this as a film that does what Get Out did. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to defend it as is a film that I enjoyed watching and that I loved. I enjoyed watching many it. of the. So just did you enjoy, highlight, did you hate it? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. Um, I think that I didn't in, enjoy it as much as I would have liked to because yeah. it gets me back to my first question about like, were you anticipating seeing the film because it really did not meet my expectations yeah I was anticipating it I mean it's being billed literally as the best horror movie of all time no. which it is clearly not but I so Shining yeah, duh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard David Gurney fucked The Shining 2019 uh, but no so to go back to one of my original like complaints the and the reason I didn't enjoy watching this movie the main reason I didn't enjoy watching this movie is because in the beginning for me, there is not enough character development in order for me to really be invested in these people. Uh, And I'll explain why in the second half of the episode. Uh And then once I lose that, once I realize, okay, now we're in the thick of the conflict and I was never, there was never a real connection established with these characters. Okay. Now all that I can hope for is that I'm going to watch this movie. How are things going to play out? And what is the allegory? So now, for the next hour of the film, at least, I'm just like, 
okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? When am I going to be cued in or clued into the allegory of the film and the message that it's trying to give me? And then that never happens either. And so then by the time I'm at the end of it, I'm like, well, what the fuck did I just do? There you go. And I think, and I could see how that would be a very frustrating experience. I kind of went into it feeling like I don't, I don't think he's going to try to go for yeah. a, a a clear allegory with this one. Yeah, the because allegory did not. I don't think that. Yeah. So I didn't get hung up on that at all, and I kind of like the fact that I never even felt like I was being pushed towards it. And then after the film, yeah, I mean, did I think about like, okay, so what is this saying about like? And, and I kind of liked some of what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to even put put out my theories. <coughs> the here haves right and now. the have-nots, but and disparities yeah. and yeah, I mean, inner demons. I think there's yes, right. I PTSD. Think, I think right. all of that is in there. I think, but. That said, I think I just enjoyed it yeah. as a horror film that had some really nice moments for me where I I was very happy with so, it. Some of my most contentious moments story-wise were some of my most enjoyable moments visually, oh. yeah. which is very conflicting. Mm-hmm. And as far as like you saying that you weren't being pushed in a direction to like a particular allegory, I felt like I was in... Um, I, I mean, some people call them mosh pits. I call them push pits when you go to see like really shitty butt rock bands or like bands that are on the radio or whatever. And there's a bunch of normies that have never been in a mosh pit before and they're just pushing each other back and forth. I felt like I was in one of those being pushed towards this allegory and then this allegory and then huh. this one and then this one. That's and it never, but I never settled in any of those places. I'm just being pinballed back and forth. Huh. That's two different um, reactions. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and I can I can definitely see how if I had gotten caught up in that i would not like it either the but, reaction but I to any film like is within us david within oh sure us. in this beer <laughs> i guess we should probably get back to that what's the beer called within, within us, us sir within us good job joe yeah what, here's what, a cookie what did you guys think of this double beer? ipa 8.4 abv that's really good yeah yeah i've you know i've had a, a solid it's a solid beer anchorage yeah. beers and i've been really impressed with what they do and this this was right there again it yeah. was good juicy beer. Um, it's a bit grassy in the like, like yeah, juicy in the nose, right? Floral hop is a one of the hops that you listed. I, yeah. I'd study it to see which right. one is that big floral burst. Uh-huh. But it's a grassy, grassy taste for especially for a double IPA. It's deep and rich. Yeah, and I would uh, I would uh, try to get my hands on that again, big time. I'm enjoying this. Very good, thank you for bringing. Oh, this. you're yeah, very I would, welcome. I would buy that beer on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. Were I able to, if it were available in our yeah. market, yeah. So this, yeah, this good one, beer. good beer. This is one you're gonna have to look for, folks. Unless you're up in Alaska, I'm sure they get distribution some some places. Pacific Northwest, but not in Texas. No. Not in Texas. God, no. um, and that so, beer would not make it in the same. I don't. I, I guess I don't know. It did make it here. Yeah. But if it were regularly distributed here, probably would not travel. No. Well, right. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. So w- let's let's go ahead and take our pause because I feel like sure. our conversation has already kind of started teetering mm-hmm. over in terms of we've yeah. been talking about Get Out. And Wonderful. Like, so I, th- I think we'll keep that up and we'll open up another beer and we'll keep the conversation going when we return.
and we're back. All right. So yeah, we're we're going to uh, you know get into well we already have started, but we're going to continue talking about uh, the films of Jordan Peele and uh, spend a little more time with his earlier film Get Out. Uh, but before we get into that, we are going to get ourselves something into our glass because they are empty. Thank you, Joe. Joe's eager. Um, this one is strawberry frosted pastry. It is from Decadent Ales, uh, which is actually. I thought I had the information here. Where are they based out of? They are out of someplace. This is a double India pale ale with strawberry, cinnamon, Boston, and Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, there Brewed you go. Brewed and canned by Dorchester Brewing right. Company. Dorchester. So, um, and, and this is their attempt at uh, a, an homage to toaster pastries, as, as the title might in, uh, indicate. So, um, so we are going to be sipping on this as we talk about Get Out. And I know, Carlos, you said you have some... Let, let, let's let you be a lover here um, after you've been such a hater in the first part of the episode. I said good things about his direct uh, you his did. directing you did. decisions. So, but with, uh, with Get Out, you, you seem to be pretty unequivocally a fan. Yeah, it's a brilliant movie. Um, and I think one of the things that I loved the most about it was how, how simple and how simple the premise was and how easy it was to like understand and relate like we've all at least well i guess i guess for you david just once have met a significant other's parents for the first time and uh, uh, <laughs> uh yeah have, have been have been uh, you know somewhat nervous about it or or whatever and, right. and obviously in the case of get out there's um an extra added layer of uh nerves present there uh so it's a it's very easy to understand from the very outset of it it's like i get i get it and i really want this guy to have a good experience doing this like from the like first like fucking three minutes i cared about what this guy was doing Hmm. also because the dialogue was so believable it was and that was something that we didn't that we didn't get in us, which is, uh, you know, why at the very end of the last half of the episode, I said, I'll get to the character development part that I had uh, issues with in us that I didn't have and get out. Cause right away I knew exactly who these people were, what they were doing, like the setting that we were in, everything about it was so clearly established so quickly with such little exposition in the dialogue. Like even, even the exposition, as far as like who this family is, like we get it the second they pull up to the house and we see, the property that they live on like that's the exposition uh, there's so much the heat they show they don't tell yeah there's so much more visual elements that help us in the storytelling there's so much more in not what the characters are saying but how they're saying it like you can hear the nerves in Catherine Keener's and Bradley Whitford's voices when they're first meeting him and they're mm-hmm. nervous about like you know being the proper white liberal f- ally yeah. kind of family that they en- envision themselves to be, to be or pretending yeah. to be and yeah. um, all those kinds of things and like just the I mean the tone of Catherine Keener and Bradley Woodford's voices alone like tells you exactly like what is going on with them how and it's something that you know we've all like either seen or heard about or had somebody complain to us about or whatever and it was all just like so I was so locked in every frame of that movie mm-hmm. and I mean Obviously, it benefits from having people like Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford and Lakeith Stanfield and Lil Rel Howery. I mean, 
the Williams girl who I don't particularly care for. Um, but she does a good job in the she's film. She's good in it. Um, and then, I mean, she's almost the, the the sort of weird fakeness that she puts out that I normally don't care for, like when she was in the series Girls and, oh, and whatever. Yeah. So that it works. Um, and it works and get out. It works and get cast. out. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel. Whose name I'm never gonna mess. Kaluya. Kaluya. That's how I say it. I'm, I'm always. I, I always know I'm gonna mess it up, and so I'm always afraid to just give it a shot. No, the he's, first time he's, he's he's so good in it. He's like, wonderful, and he's say it right now. No, and then Lil Rel is so funny. Yes, like he he's so good in it, he and is like hilarious. he adds he adds that extra little bit of kind of like relief, but like and maybe you know it may be a trope, but it's one that they do super well but the one same guy in the movie who also most of the time it tends to be some kind of comic relief it's like what are you guys doing like stop being idiots like look at all the red flags like you know yeah Uh, and he like he does that so well and right uh, i just i just thought that literally every single element of that movie works like yeah exactly the way it's supposed even better than it was probably supposed to and it just it's that 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 movie is a perfect symphony of horror filmmaking, of suspense filmmaking. I would but like, say the first scare, if you will, is when the gentleman's running toward him. Yeah, and then goes off to the side. But there's a camera where there's a there's a trick there. There's a yeah, well done. Yeah, brilliant. and it's like that was a simple trick to to to, to invoke real tension. Yeah, within. Yeah. Uh, and then you know okay, something something's happening here and right. and then the 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 it's not laid out it takes you and there's no you never go we know where this is going right. we know how this is going to end up and uh like you guys said you maybe had forecasted the twist in us yeah no, i didn't get i didn't out. forecast much no i didn't get either. out at all I, they took me on a ride that was so visually interesting yeah. and intellectually interesting that i just enjoyed the experience and and this is something about us that i think <laughs> Uh, uh, or something about Get Out, rather, that w- the marketing for the film was really good. And with us, the marketing for the film was not good. It was billed as the best horror movie of all time. It is clearly not by anybody with fucking eyeballs that has ever seen a movie before. So why bill it as that? Why set expectations so high? Even even if it was the best horror movie of all time, still, why do that? Because you know you're going to have contrarians that are going to try to go against it anyway. And you're appealing to the mass general audience to get as many people in the theater as possible. Sure, but there there are other ways to do that, I think. And why I like so much of the plot of the movie is given to us in the trailers. Us? I felt of us, yeah. yeah. And Get Out, I mean, I don't remember them explicitly laying out what the sunken place is in the trailers. No, you know, you see him in the chair, terrified when he you know she does put him in there but right. they're not like this is what's happening they're mm-hmm. just like okay this is a horror movie here's a guy who's fucking scared right. out of his mind you know and so you know you're in for this kind of white knuckle kind of suspense and us us didn't get that same delicacy but every, in the marketing every cultural event pop culture event uh, key and peel there is a line 
uh, in age demographics where those beneath it are enjoying and those above it are not. And so Get Out wasn't marketed to the over 40 crowd Mm-mm. through knowing what Key and Peele maybe even really is, unless you have kids. Yeah. Get Out, to me, was marketed uh, through critical praise. And then my son, who's a budding uh, movie fan, you know, cinephile, he said, uh, you got to go see the Get Out. You know, because he's the one that introduced me to Key and Peele. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we watched, like, I think all of it in one night. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, now we watch this one, and now we watch this one, and now we watch this one. You just go to the YouTube playlist. Yeah, exactly. And we're just laughing and laughing and laughing. So that guy made a horror movie? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know much about that guy. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I, that's not my show. So, uh, but if my son says this is a great horror movie, then that's just a great opportunity to watch a movie with my son. And we did, and it, he was right. It was good. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, it, I mean, I didn't want to get out of my chair. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh, I definitely no, think... Joe. Why did you say that, <laughs> hey, guys? It's just us. I, and, and all our listeners. I, <laughs> I think it benefited from the sort of because it was it was the pivot of Jordan Peele. Like people weren't expecting this out of him. This film comes along. I don't even remember. I seeing, saw it twice. I don't even the remember seeing the In trailer. I remember people starting to talk about it and and knowing that it was coming out, knowing, okay, Jordan Peele has this movie that he's writer-director of, he's not in. I'm like, okay, fine, I'm kind of curious. And then it starts, you know, like, oh, no, it's a huge movie. All right, I got to go see this. So seeing it, I went in fairly fresh. Now, I I didn't get hit with the marketing of us being the greatest horror film of all. That didn't pop up in your feed? No. I'm still getting it. No, no, the the new film. The new film. I get like the the new new horrific vision. The new nightmare from the mind that brought you. Also, I forgot to mention this earlier, but can we talk about how uh, just in a 30 second wormhole, is what you coined it, um, us is just kind of a bad funny games. It, I think it's definitely uh, playing around. I mean, it's a very not similar, but it is a it is a premise that borrows some elements that are from that are familiar from funny games. Though funny games is playing with some tropes it, that are out there in horror films. Yeah, it it borrows from a bunch of different things. Yeah. and doesn't assemble them in a way that is. Uh, does the different well, things justice? No, I see. I, okay, and I think Not that's a valid point. No, this is a valid point. I think that Us is a much more postmodern film to bring out. I'm going to bring out the big terms here, folks. <laughs> it is a much more postmodernist film with a beautiful than mise en scène. Get out. <laughs> and, w- and when I say that, in particular, because of how openly it is wearing its fascination with preceding popular culture yeah. on its sleeve, especially horror films, but there's other stuff. The Steven hands ac- Spielberg is thanked directly in the sure. film. Sure, the Hands Across America stuff. That, that never added up to anything to me either. No, you know, but, 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 rather than frustrating me, I kind of liked the absurdity of it. I liked that, why the F would they be, and I said fuck in the first half, right. so I should just <laughs> go with right, right. And then, so, but why... Are they, you said fuck The Shining in the first half. Why are they using this? But then I'm like, why the hell not? It was one of those weird-ass 80s events. And like, if you were alive, I remember it vaguely. I was, I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. But I remember that mm-hmm. going on and being like, 
why is this helping world hunger exactly? You know, like so Some, it was, something to do. Yeah, it was something that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me as a kid. And then How it are they getting over the world. Rockies. But you know, I loved the the little um, you know references to certain like Chud right shows uh, up. Yes, on VHS yeah. next to the TV. That that the, opening pan into the TV in the movies that are present. You didn't was, like that? I loved it. Oh. Yeah. and I was like, yeah, here we let's go. go. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, well, and it, so and then the, I you, love Chud. I have. The, a copy of it right over there. There you go. Where yeah. is it? Somewhere over there. On VHS. Yeah. The, um, I love, you know, the use of the sort of uh, incongruous uh, pop music in the mm-hmm. Tim Heidecker kill scene. Oh, you yeah. know, good vibrations. And that was... Uh, fuck uh, the police. An- another great thing that that movie did. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so it, th- th- that's that's the him putting it on the big cork board? That's the Tarantino. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly where yeah. my that, mind was that's going. That's where I'm saying. Like, he gets much more playful and uh-huh. kind of referential he's, in He's intelligent film. about it. He's, yeah. He I mean, he, he is incredibly intelligent. I can't so, take that from him. So I enjoy all of those little things and I know for some people I'm sure that's you know a detriment right it's like oh well why do you need to keep pulling me out of your film and showing me these other things and reminding me that this is just a film but yeah I think for me it was um, it was playful it was fun now Get Out doesn't do that as much there are definitely references there to be had but they're more buried they're more hidden it's more um, you know coming out and just in in certain uh, you know filmmaking decisions that get made no, not as directly referential as the way we're seeing it in us but in that way get out kind of stands more on its own mm-hmm. you know what i mean it in i i i hear what you're saying um that it takes you someplace that is not quite as anticipated because you just haven't seen anything quite like that before. And Get Out has a great cast for that. That the, so good. The the um, age group that's above getting there because of Key and Peele's influence or anything that had happened prior in uh, uh, Jordan Peele's career. Uh, Keenan, uh, Catherine Keener. I mean, she's an yeah. uh, indie Bradley darling. Whitford, well, you know, she is. Bradley she's... Whitford, uh, West Wing. You know who he is. Yeah. Well, I, he, I well mean, Bradley his, Whitford is in so many. And his greatest yeah. role in Billy Madison. He's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Cabin in the Woods to go to yeah, his yeah. horror credentials. Mm-hmm. No, he's uh, he's a consistently interesting guy. He, yeah. He's fun to he's, watch. Yeah, he's he is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's why he's one of my favorite yeah. people to see and stuff because he just has like this kind of like cocky arrogance. Yeah, he's kind of arrogant and he just has this. Kind I of, know you're enjoying this, but, yeah, but also you know, always but, willing to take roles where those characters get totally yeah, decimated. Sure. Yeah, right. like eaten by a merman. <laughs> merman, sorry. But uh, Catherine Keener is a really interesting and very intelligent casting choice because I feel like, at least for me and everything I've seen her in, I just like her. She's just like yeah. a lovable, warm, yeah. like nurturing kind of presence. And here she plays. And she's a, she's yeah. a monster in this movie, you know? And it's a really, <clears throat> just like Winston Duke was a very good casting decision us playing against type like all we really know Winston Duke from is being this gigantic like imposing imposing figure in Black Panther and then here he is and he's like what's up kiddos you know like I'm cool too I didn't even he dabs I didn't I didn't recognize him (laughs) really it was only after the fact that I read oh that's Winston Duke I recognize that name oh that's 
Winston Duke from Black Panther. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is so. Yeah, it was cool to see. Yeah, when he dab, yeah. when he tries to dab, and this kid's like, oh. it's so funny. That was funny, but uh, so so it's clear that we're all fans of Get Out, and that we really were impressed with sure. what it did. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's also clear that we have some we have some disagreement on. And life on us. will life will make me will give me the opportunity to see us again. Mm. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious to watch it again, knowing that twist at the end of the twist. Right. Right. To see how did she react again when they first arrived and she knew exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to watch the movie again. Yeah. Oh, oh, they've come out of the fun house. It's our entire... I mean, she wouldn't have... No, she would have known that that was going on. She knew what was going on down there. Yeah. She was yeah. young. Well, that's why she's legitimately terrified in the beginning whereas because she understands. She, uh, she understands the consequences yeah. of the things mm-hmm. that are about to happen. Yeah. No, we're and, not going And there. I think... One thing that I think the twist at the end takes away from that is that before the, the twist happens, we're we're just seeing a real person react in a real way, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And now that once the twist comes into play and you go and review it, you're like, oh no, that's not what we're being shown. We're being shown a, yeah, a character with motivations. And I I thought it was more interesting when it was just like, here's a, a real family that's like legit. Well, like you you, freaked, you, you know? pitched a great version of us at the at, during the us the first half of the show. The you know just the stupid just, horror round. Yeah, tethers versus so humans. Uh, who will survive at the end of the mm-hmm. night? Okay. That would have been a good film. Yeah, well, yeah, it would have been with rabbits scampering randomly throughout. Oh, we the, didn't even get to that. That's such right. a fucking Sorry. stupid element of that movie. You know, that, never that, pays off. That I will agree with. That oh, I will. So I do dumb. not. I do not understand what the. That's why I went with. I feel like medical it's a, experiments. It's I, a nice visual element, but past that, nothing. I agree. Well, I, the only allegory is that rabbits are known for multiplying, multiplying freely and quickly. But so, they're all individually caged, so I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. So w- one difference, and I remarked upon this in my kind of introduction to my feelings about Get Out, one difference between Get Out and Us is that Get Out gives us a lot of interesting visual moments that aid in the storytelling, mm-hmm. and Us gives us a lot of interesting visual moments that don't do anything. They're just interesting visual moments. And that's it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know... Any any idiot that's like studied how cameras work and like how to light things properly can probably come up with some interesting visual moments with the you know as big of a budget. Not any maybe, idiot, but, but you I, know like Michael Bay can give us good interesting moments, but he can't give us good films, you know. And so yeah, so with all of that, you know, kind of flexing of your cinematic abilities without any kind of substance to it. it doesn't really do a lot for me and which is why another reason you know i left us disappointed it makes the film better it makes it more watchable it could have been, sure. ho- been horrible it, it could have, it it could have been horrible yeah. but get out gives us all of it it gives us everything <laughs> yeah I, it I mean, it, so the second film was never going to reach your expectations could, not no not not entirely but in, well, compa- in comparison now having been as disappointed by us it's making me appreciate how great Get Out really is. Tarantino's second film was Jackie Brown. No, it was Pulp no, Fiction. No, that was his third. Oh, God damn it. Well, here. his third is director. He had written, yeah. Yeah. But Wes Anderson's second film was Rushmore. Yeah. Which is 
his piece de resistance. Well, yeah. Ar- it's, arguably it's his a wonderful best. film, but the, I, I mean, I think my he, favorite. I, I, I love Rushmore. Don't get me wrong. I think Royal Tenenbaums actually kind of topped it mm, in yeah. certain ways. But I went with Jackie Brown based on like massive success of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Who directed first, Keanu? Though. Uh, no. That's a good question. He did. Is it? I'm, it wasn't Jordan. I, I'm it wasn't them together. No, no, okay. no. I don't. I don't know. What, it was. But, a, it was somebody else. Right. But but um. You know. I think. I say Alex you, Winter and blow my mind. <laughs> I get. <laughs> I get where you're coming from, okay. Carlos. All right. Hold I, on. The Alex Winter. Let's not gloss over that because that was a pretty good one. Thank you. <laughs> the Alex Winter thing. <laughs> Took me a second. It, it, oh, it, it, yes, right. For him, it, <laughs> this is like the pre Bill and Ted's Bill and Ted. Bill and uh, Ted two point five. Yeah. Right. No, I don't think it was. But so to your point, I agree. I think Get Out was Get Out is a tighter film. It's tighter in its allegory. Sure. It's tighter in the way it was put together. Uh-huh. I think you're right that the visuals are almost always there in a way that's totally supporting the narrative. I do think that in several ways, Us is a looser kind of film, looser in its allegory, looser in the way that it's using these references, looser in the sense that, you know, I think, like you say, like not always, sometimes there are some striking images that don't necessarily, like the rabbits, that don't necessarily add up to a whole lot when it comes to the narrative, at least not on the first viewing. Now, yeah. For me, I almost think that's like something he dropped in there is like, oh, this is going to be like a signature element of this film that other people may reference in Mm -hmm. the future that that will always be associated with this film. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it needs to be. I don't know that that, I think the scissors are probably more notable and would probably significantly pop up. But um, but but whatever you think, you know, I do think some of the visuals were in support of it, but um, but not all. I, 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 I kind of agree. Are we looking forward to his next film? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about I it mean, right here. I mean, I'm already looking forward to Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yes, first, me too. So. Me too. I just need to figure out a way to not have to subscribe to CBS All Access. <laughs> ah, that's true. Yeah, I they're doing it. They're that. doing it as like one of those like the Star Trek series and mm-hmm. the Good Wife spinoff. I'm not not excited about that. I I already subscribed to too many platforms. So, <laughs> well, here is the thing: that nothing goes with a great film like a toasted pastry. Yeah. So, what did you guys think of this one? So we got a beer trying to mimic the. Uh, Flavors of a toasted pastry. Strawberry frosted pastry by Decadent Ales. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not not quite as much strawberry as I would like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the podcast that but it's uh, I good. think told a lot of America about ingenious brewing. <laughs> That's you're right, welcome, ingenious. ingenious. Are you listening? If yeah. you're not in Texas, if you're not in Texas, you might not know about ingenious. And you, Carlos, brought some beautiful fruit, fruity uh, IPAs to the yeah. party. Some fruity hazies, and this one doesn't. There's there's notes of strawberry, there's notes of spice, but there's not a big bold flavor there, and it it, it cancels out the notion that it's an IPA for me. Yeah, I'm I'm getting the hop character. It's, it's yeah. not so much that I don't feel like it's an IPA, but I do agree that the strawberry is not as big of a note in there as I would want it to be. In fact, there's something, I think it's maybe because of the allspice and the cinnamon Mm -hmm. that's almost making me feel like it has more of like a French toast kind of quality or something. Yeah, I get that. Well, that's, that might be what they're trying to go for, to create a bread yeah, flavor that yeah. your mind no, can I get, register there's, with. There's with strawberry in it. Yeah. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying it. And I'd no, probably it, I drink mean, another one, but I mean, it's not as big and bold as I had expected, especially with the marketing. I well, would and, 100% drink another one of these sure. right now. <laughs> Open it up. But, but 
to Joe's point mm-hmm. earlier, I think ingenious now that we've been spoiled by some of their yeah. you know greatest hits right and and, uh, and everything they do is the greatest hit yeah well pretty much pretty much that if it, that becomes it is tin, hard it is hard to reach it is hard to, in this genre in this I mean, genre I, you yeah. know I'm I'm not gonna say that like I always want a fruity uh, pastry IPA let's talk about the genre will, will we be drinking fruity Hazy IPA. IPAs in two or three years, or well, is this a, as, is as this long as they're offering me tight allegories about society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for one, hope that I am. Well, the can is showing a, a, a wind-up teeth biting a uh, what appears to be a pop-tart-looking. Yeah, uh, there, there's kind pastry. of a horror element. There's to the definitely can, a horror yeah. element, and the strawberries flowing. Good job uh, with the pairing, David, as usual. Oh, hey, thanks. Um, we hope you enjoyed this uh, discussion of Jordan Peele's latest film in conjunction with his first film and uh, some slight references to some of the Key and Peele greatest hits. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer in a Movie, and Facebook.com slash Beer in a Movie TX. Um, tell us what you thought about us. Uh, one of the first things that I saw as far as feedback was my friend David giving it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I told David to go kick rocks. It wasn't that good. Um, I hope he's listening to this. Uh, thank you for bringing ingenious down for me recently. <laughs> Sorry. I told you to kick rocks. Just a minute ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell us what you thought about it. Are you going to go see the third film? Did you like us? What movie should we do next? All those kinds of things. Send us, send us some beer. Send us some beer, especially if you're in Portland and can get Great Notion, uh, <laughs> I think that? is what it's called. I want, <laughs> I want the double stack. I want the French toast. <laughs> I want all those uh, Help Carlos pastry on stouts. To get every pastry it's probably the third stout. time I've asked yeah, for I Great know. Notion, well, I think. Hey, you just gotta um, hopefully keep, there's somebody up keep there. Keep putting it out there. I'm going to. Yeah. If you put it out into the universe, you can help shape that's your own right. reality. Or That's what Kylie tells me, something like that. Um, until next time. Get out. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha, good.